Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, One Too Many Frame Ups. The Green Hornet strikes again. Lenore Case, secretary to Britt Reed, looked up from her work as Mike Axford, Daily Sentinel reporter, entered her office. Hey, Casey. It's a bit warm this afternoon to my way of thinking. Oh, you'll live through it, Michael. By the way, there was a phone call for you. A Mrs. Pat Clancy. What does she want, I wonder? The best way to find out is to go over there. She seemed quite upset. She said it was very important. Oh. Well, I'll run on over there and see what it's all about. I hope nothing's happened to Pat. Do you suppose that's it? She didn't say. Well, I'll go on over now. See you later, Katie. Tell me that I'll be back in a little while. So long. I wonder what she wants to see me for. Hello, Mrs. Clancy. I heard you wanted to see me, so I came right over. Mike Axford, thank heavens you've come. Do come right on. Oh, thanks. Here, have a chair, Mike. Sure, and you can listen better sitting down, says I. 
They said you said to tell me it was something very important that you wanted to see me about. Oh, that it is, Mike, that it is. Oh, I'm that worried and upset. I I shake like a leaf. It's about poor Pat. About Pat, you say? Oh, sure, and the devil himself has been hanging to poor Pat's coattails these past few months. As you know, Mike, Pat got laid off the force a few months ago. Sure, I know. It was a shame, too, after all the years he put in. Oh, they said he was mixed up in that graft business that had something to do with that racketeer, Nick Haskell. And the evidence was against me, poor Patrick, so they put him off of the force. Oh, it was a hard blow for the man to take. I know. And you can believe me, I still think Pat was framed, that's what. Glory be, that's just what Pat says himself that he does. Well, I'll, I'll get along with my story. Pat's been in a bad way since that happened, Mike. Is that so? Oh, he managed to earn an honest penny here and there to keep things going, mind you. But between times, he was going about trying to get evidence against Haskell so as to prove his own innocence. Last night, though, you wouldn't know the man. Sure, and he wasn't the same at all. I remember the minute he opened the door, it struck me Patrick was himself again. Maggie, darling, come see what I brought for you. Well, now, Pat, it is time you came home. With supper getting cold on the table. Ah, uh, sure, and it is a cold supper I'll eat then. <laughs> Here, a little gift for you. What? Oh, oh, Patrick. Huh? A box of candy, <laughs> no less. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, you shouldn't be spending your money on the likes of me. Go along with you, Maggie Clancy. Who would you have me spending me money on then, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, and it's good to hear you laugh. Maggie, I've got it. The evidence against Haskell. No. Oh, Pat. Sure, and I'm speaking the truth, Maggie. After supper, I'm going over to Haskell's nightclub and face that rascal down with it. Tis me job on the force I'll be having back within the week, Maggie. Oh, but, but, Pat, dear, do you think you should? Uh, go to Haskell's, I mean. Uh, why not talk to Sergeant Burke and get him or, or someone else to handle oh, 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 don't worry, Maggie, darling. They'll get their chance to handle Nick Haskell and put him where he belongs. But tonight, I'm going to make him squirm. And what's more, make him give me a written retraction that'll clear me name. Then I'm turning in the evidence. Maggie, I, I've worked and waited for this night for a long time. And so Pat ate supper and then went on his way to have his showdown with Nick Haskell. What happened? Well, that's just it, Mike. I don't know. Patrick didn't come back home. I haven't laid eyes on him since he left last night. Suffering snakes. And over at Haskell's place, they... They say Pat never went there at all. Oh, I, I'm that worried I don't know which way to turn with thinking of me poor Patrick. Well, haven't you called cops headquarters oh, about it? Sure, sure, and that's the first thing I did, Mike. Well, it, it was Sergeant Burke himself who went to inquire a Haskell about Pat. But he was laughed at for his trouble. There's just nothing they can do. That's why I called for you, Mike. I thought you being smart and all, perhaps you could think of something. Sure, and it is pleased I am you thought to phone me, Mrs. Clancy. Of course, right at the minute, I can't think of just what to do, but I will. So don't worry, just leave all the worrying to Mike Axford. I'll find Pat one way or another, you can count on that.
short time later, Axford was in Britt Reed's office at the Daily Sentinel, telling the young publisher about Patrick Clancy's disappearance. It's uh, sure funny, Reed, that it is. But knowing Pat like I do, if he said he was going to Haskell's, then that's where he went. Then you really think Clancy did get evidence against Haskell, Axford? Reed, that's exactly what I do think. And what's more, I think Haskell's to blame for his disappearance, that's what. Yet there isn't much the police can do in the matter. All they have to go on is Mrs. Clancy's word. Uh, that's right. So when the cops went to Haskell's place, they laughed in their faces. Ain't there something we can do about it, Reed? Well, the police are on the case, Axford. We couldn't do anything more than they're doing. The main thing is to locate Pat Clancy, living or dead. Holy crow, I never thought of that. Maybe he is dead, Reed. That's just a possibility, Axford. Poor Pat's dead, and Haskell killed him. I might know. Axford, snap out of it. We don't know that Pat's dead, nor do we really know Haskell had anything to do with his disappearance. So that dirty killer wouldn't talk to the cops, huh? Nick Haskell thinks he can walk over everybody in this city and get away with it. He thinks he can go out hunting down decent citizens and killing them in cold blood, does he? Well, he can't bluff Mike Axford, says I. I'll get the truth out of him this very night. And I don't mean maybe. Oh, but Axford, hold on. Don't let your imagination run away with you. After all, you Nick have no Haskell proof. can't pick on the Irish and get away with it. Wait, where are you going? Right over the face down, Nick Haskell, that's where. Listen a minute, Axford, you Please can't... After I settle with Haskell. So long! Half hour later, Nick Haskell, smooth, dapper, and steely-eyed, sat at his desk in his office at the nightclub and stared through half-closed lids at his associate, Joe Levy, whose tough features and muscular body belied his cringing attitude in the presence of the slim, suave-mannered Nick. But, Nick, when you said we were to be partners, I figured it meant we were going 50-50 on everything. Then you thought wrong. You'll take what I want to give you as your share and like it. Hey, look, Nick. It's about time you and me had an understanding. I've done most of the dirty work around here, and you take all the gravy. I'm here to tell you I don't like it. Really? Just what are you going to do about it, Joe? Or do you want me to do something about no. it? Now, wait a minute, Nick. <laughs> don't get me wrong. When I said that, what I meant was... You really meant what I thought you meant, Joe. I'd see to it that you didn't have to worry any more about your cuts. And it would take me only about one minute to do it. <laughs> Are you uh, still dissatisfied, Joe? <laughs> uh, now, look, Nick, you, you don't have to pull that rod on me. You haven't answered my question, Joe. Sure. Sure, Nick, I, I'm satisfied. Let's forget the whole thing. <laughs> okay, you oversized dope. We'll forget it this time. But don't let it happen again. What do you want, Tony? Say, boss, want a bigger pet, man. He's outside in the lobby. It's a man he'd talk a lot. He'd tell a Tony he want a bigger reporter. Reporter, huh? Don't be on his way, Tony. That's what Tony tell him. But he's a man here mad, like a bull. He say he make a Nick Haskell tell him something. You know, go away. Joe, that's a job for you. Go out and get rid of that reporter before he upsets everybody in the club. Okay, Nick. I'll ease him out somehow. Come on, Tony. Remember, don't let him get in here. Okay, Nick.
How do you want to, Joe? Before you open the door into the lobby, I want to talk to you. It's okay, Joe. Now you talk, eh? Hey, look, Tony. I know you don't like Nick any more than I do. He's been holding out on the both of us. And he'd plug you or me whenever he felt like it. Nick, he's one of mean guy. He pushed Tony around all the time. Sure, that's right. Now, if I was running things here, it'd be different. And if anything should happen to Nick, well, I would be running things, get it? But the Joe, that's no good. If a Nick get a dead, the cops would take a Joe and a Tony, ask a lot of things, now and listen, then we... Tony, that fat reporter in the lobby, didn't you say he was sore and said he was going to make Nick tell him something? That's all right, Joe. You plant him mad. Okay, now listen close. I got a plan. You wait here a few minutes. I'll go out the side door there and go around to the open window of Nick's office. But uh, what for you go? In a few minutes, you go out. Tell the reporter Haskell will see him. Bring him to Nick's door and tell him to go on in. But the Nick, he no like it for me to do this. <laughs> you won't have to worry about Nick. Now, I'll go on out. And in a few minutes, you do what I told you. <laughs> Nick will be out of our way. And that reporter will be the fall guy. That's a Nick Haskell's office. Now you walk right in. Okay, I will. Who are you? What do you want? I'm Mike Axel from the Daily Sentinel, that's who. That fellow out there told me you'd talk to me. And a good thing you said you would, too. I came about Pat Clancy. Now go on. You say Tony told you I'd talk to you. That he did. Now what I want to know I is where... I they told him and Joe to make you leave. There's something funny about this. I'm going to find out just what it is. Oh, Holy crow! Oh. Hey, wait a minute. Sufferin' snakes. He's been shot. And that must be the gun. Somebody just threw it in the window. Somebody... Somebody shot Haskell from the window. Oh, oh me, culpa. I let you in, you shoot the neck. You have a gun in your hand. Say no, me good man. I'll have you know I did What's happened to Nick? This man, he shot the neck. Uh, he's got the gun. Give me that. Hey, I did. You swore you were going to get the neck, and you did. If you're a reporter like you say, you'll get a story, all right. Naming you as Nick Haskell's murderer. Now, I'll call the cops. <laughs> We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Thank you. 
when Mike Axford went to Nick Haskell's office to have a showdown over the disappearance of Pat Clancy, he walked into a frame-up. A short time later, Britt received a phone call in his office. Hello? Mr. Reed? Yes, this is Britt Reed. This is Sergeant Burke at headquarters. I'm phoning for Mike Axford. Oh, it's you, Sergeant Burke. Well, I'm sorry, but Axford isn't here right now. I know that, Mr. Reed. Being as he's here over to headquarters. We just brought him in as the suspected killer of Nick Haskell. What? That's right, Mr. Reed. Axford asked me to call. He wants a lawyer and he wants to see you. Thanks, Sergeant. I'll call my lawyers right away. Tell Axford I'll be right down. Okay, Mr. Reed. Goodbye. Goodbye. Great Scott, Axford certainly got himself into a mess this time. I'd better call a lawyer and then get to him right away. Within 15 minutes, Britt Reed arrived at police headquarters and was allowed to talk to Axford for a few minutes in private. Reed, it's all a mistake. That's what it is. In I go, raring to tear into Haskell. But he says, who are you? What do you want? Says he. When I tell him, he says he told Tony and somebody called Joe to make me leave. Then he says, there's something funny about this. And he starts to get up from his chair when he was shot by somebody outside the window. The window was open then? Yeah. Well... Haskell fell over, and then I heard a thud. And there, right behind me, was a gun. The one that he was shot with. So, not thinking, I stoop and pick it up, just as the guy Tony comes running in. Then Haskell's partner came in and accused me. He grabbed the gun out of my hand and phoned the cops. He gave them the gun, which has my fingerprints on it, of course. I suppose the partner's prints were found on it, too, since he grabbed the weapon out of your hand. Oh, sure. Sarge says Joel Libby's. That's the guy's name. Sarge says his prints are on it, too. But there were lots of people crowding into the doorway who saw him take it from me. I see. Then Tony didn't attempt to get the gun from you. No. But then he was there only a couple of seconds before Libby came running in. What do you think, Reed? Do you think they'll make a case against me? So far, Axford, they've already made a case against you. But don't worry. My lawyers will be here soon. They'll arrange bail. Then they'll do what they can to prove you didn't kill Haskell. I have to go now. I'll see you later tonight. Leaving police headquarters, Britt Reed bought the latest editions of the city newspapers. Then, since dusk had already fallen, he went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, was waiting. I already hear news on radio, Mr. Britt. It's not good. Well, Mr. Axford, he not killer? We know that, Cato. But the circumstantial evidence would look bad before a jury. Well, if there's some way to find real killer... Cato, the story in the papers gave the names and addresses of those who were witnesses of the scene immediately following the killing. Now, two of those addresses interest me. Perhaps the Green Hornet go out in Black Beauty tonight? Yes. And we'll take along our automatic wire recorder. The first place we'll visit will be the apartment of an Italian named Tony Marietta at 22 First Street. Let's get going. That's number 22 across the street. Rather dingy-looking place. What do we do now, Mr. Britt? Leave the black beauty here in the shadows... 
When I go in to see Tony, I want you to take the automatic recorder into the basement. We'll be able to check the location of his apartment from the number in the dim hallway there. Then you place a microphone so that it'll pick up any conversation in Tony's apartment. Oh, yes. There's no one around. Come on. Bring the recorder. I coming. Keeping to the shadows, the two sinister figures approached the entrance of the run-down, dingy building, which housed only four small apartments. Cato stepped into the doorway, and from the mailbox just inside, he found that Tony Marietta lived in 101, to the left on the first floor. After telling Britt, Cato went around to the rear to reach the basement. Then Britt Reed, after a hasty glance about him, moved inside to the door of 101. Who's there? How do you? The, the green horse. Get back inside. No, no, you, you not come in. Let me by. You coming to kill Tony? Well, this gun might go off if you make any false moves. I came here to give you a warning. But first, I want some information. I know nothing. I know nothing. What happened to Pat Clancy? Honest to Mr. Hornet. I don't know. Joe, he say kill. Nick, he say no kill. Clancy had a paper someplace. He not tell a nigga where. Then Joe, he take a Clancy someplace for to make him talk. But he not talk yet. Then Joe Libby knows where he is. Is that it? Sure. That's all right. You ask it, Joe. I'll give you that warning, Tony. Suppose I told you Joe is planning to rub you out because you know too much about the murder of Nick Haskell. Who tell you that? Never mind who told me. Just remember that I warned you. So you'd better pack your things and clear out while you have the chance. But the, why Joe want the forty kilo, Tony? I just told you. You know too much. Don't forget, you were warned. So if Joe Libby kills you at your own funeral, so long. That you, Mr. Britt? Yes, Cato. Did you get the recorder rigged up? Oh, yes, sir. I wait till you're ready to leave. Then I throw a switch and run to car. Good. Now get started. We'll stop in the vicinity of the nightclub. Libby's apartment is above it. Let's go. Joe Libby was at the desk in the living room of the apartment he had shared with Nick Haskell. He was looking over Haskell's papers. And suddenly he looked up as he heard a sound at the window leading to the fire escape. What the... Don't move, Libby. I've got you covered. You're the Green Hornet. Why do you come here? To get some information and to give some. I'm not giving out information. For you or anybody else, see? No. Maybe you'll be giving out plenty to the cops before the night's over. Just what do you mean by that, Crack? Suppose Tony Marietta squealed to the cops, telling him what he really knows, Libby. If they start grilling you, you'll give out with plenty of information. But Tony Marietta ain't gonna squeal, Hornet. Sure of yourself, aren't you? How do you know he won't? Well, I just... I happen to know that right now Tony's packing his bag, getting ready to blow out of town after he squeals to the police about you and your connection with Nick Haskell's murder. How is that so? You want to know something, Hornet? Tony ain't going anyplace. You just wait and see. Have it your own way. But don't say I didn't tell you, Libby. Be seeing you again sometime. I'll take a shot at that. No. I'll save my bullets. (laughs) 
That's it. I'll save him for Tony Marietta. In his one-room apartment a few blocks from the nightclub, Tony had just finished packing his suitcase. As he bent over to close it, he was startled by a voice behind him. Going someplace, Tony? Joe! How do you get in here? <laughs> Easy, Tony. Somebody fixed the latch on your door so it wasn't locked. I tried it real easy, like, and it opened. So here I am. That's no good. It's to make a Tony jump. Why you come here, Joe? I heard you might be leaving town. Or at least the neighborhood, Tony, so I dropped over. <laughs> the information I got was a straight goods, too. But you ain't going anyplace, Tony. So you're coming to shoot Tony, eh? Why not? You think I'd stand by and let you squeal to the cops? But I'm not telling that you kill a Nick. I don't say nothing. Listen to me, Tony. You were in on that deal to bump off Nick and frame that fat reporter, see? And if the cops grab me, they'll grab you too. And if I get Clancy to talk tonight and tell where he hid that evidence, I'll have more to show the cops about you. But it was you that the frame of Clancy, Joe. Oh, yeah? You put the frame up down in his apartment, didn't you? I do what Nick could tell me. You put down the gun. No. We're going to settle this right now. <laughs> In fact, if I get you out of the way, I want to have to split my tapes with you. I'm not going to let you shoot me. Now you are asking for it. So are you, Levy. This will settle you. You're saving my life, Mr. Hornet. This I don't know. will save your breath, no, Tony. No, no, I... from Wiry Quarter. It catch all they talk about. Good. We'll leave it here with them. Also, I'll leave a note telling them that Libby knows where Pat Clancy is. The conversation on rule of wire clear Axford, also clear Pat Clancy. Yes, it should, from what I overheard while standing outside the door. Call the police and have them come here to pick up these killers. Then we'll get out, fast. Almost midnight when Britt Reed entered police headquarters after receiving a phone call at his apartment from Sergeant Burke. I called you as soon as we brought those killers in, Mr. Reed. That is, after we had proof they are the killers. Then you do have proof? That they do, Reed. I'm free to go, so they tell me. Oh, thank heaven for that. But what proof have you? Proof enough. Libby and Marietta accusing each other in their own voices. It's on a wire recording that we found stuck in Libby's hand when we got to Tony Marietta's place. You see, Reed, as I get it, the green hunter double-crossed the two of them and left that recorded wire for proof. <laughs> lucky for you, Mike. And lucky for Pat Clancy, too. We found him safe and sound. You did? Yeah. Libby was hiding him in the basement of the nightclub. He was hoping to get Clancy to tell where he hid the written evidence he had against Nick and Libby. We forced Libby to tell us where Pat was. <laughs> Man alive, was his old lady happy. Sure, and I'm glad for her sake that Pat's safe. Sure, and what's more... He's coming back on the force now that he's been cleared. He was framed, and so was Axford. The next time, Axford won't be so hot-headed and go rushing into spots like that. Oh, no, Reed, after all, me visit to Haskell did result in our finding Pat, didn't it? Of course, it caused me a bit of inconvenience in a way. Inconvenience? <laughs> Listen to him, will you? If it hadn't have been for the hornet getting sore and buttoned in... Mike would have been sitting before a jury on a murder charge, most likely. Oh, I knew all the time I'd get off somehow. I wasn't a bit worried, Sarge. Harnett or no Harnett, you wouldn't have let me down, would you, Mr. Reed? <laughs> no, but something tells me, Axford, 
You'll never learn. Copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit, and all characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Brought to you by RadioClassics.com. All copyrights are the property of their respective owners.